Welcome back to the Petcash Pod presented by ProFluence Sports. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. As always, holding great conversations here with the athletes, founders, executives, and investors all within the realm of sports. You can view all of them at profluence.com slash podcast. We had another great episode today with Jenna Karath. She is heading Comcast Sports Tech Initiative. They just recently announced the launch of their fourth cohort, over 1,500 applications. They nail it down into 10 companies. Uh, we talk about what that structure looks like, the criteria, what stands out. Uh, and the business model behind them and, and what they invest and what the program looks like and also what they're looking at uh, into the future. It's super interesting, a lot to gain and take away from this one. If you're a founder in the sports tech world, this uh, I mean, there's a lot of insight in this. You might want to listen to it twice, but without further ado, let's dive in. Well, Jenna, appreciate you coming on today and congrats. Obviously, now the, the news has come out of all the companies for your fourth cohort. And then I want to start here. You know, where did this program really begin and uh, your evolution into it? Uh, you coming from Comcast. We'd love to just sort of touch on that and then we can yeah. we can dive into more of the fun, exciting stuff that that's happening now. Excellent. Well, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to to talk with you and talk about this program, which is really an innovation program designed to keep us at the forefront of the changing sports world. And if you look at our our company, Comcast, NBCU, Sky, our connections to sports runs very deep. You know, we have the, the right to tell the Team USA stories through 2032. We invested $110 million in having the first exclusive wildcard game on Peacock. So it is very core to our business because live much like whether it's news or sports happens once and you want to be there to see it and experience it firsthand. So it's truly what brings us together. So when we set out on this, it was really looking at initially what could we do around our sports properties and our assets that could keep us at the forefront, keep us innovative. And I think where we really um, changed the mold when it comes to accelerator programs is we could have played with a sandbox of, you know, NBC Sports Golf and we have Spectacore, we own Wells Fargo, the Flyers, um, Comcast Business is in 144 stadiums. We've got NBC Sports, Sky Sports, and that's an incredible playground to innovate in. Um, but we decided to take it one step further and really build off of our media rights and our sponsorship investments. So when you bring in a NASCAR, um, you are where we are broadcasting the back half of the season. Comcast Business is in a, about 13 of those tracks. They're really innovative. We have a title sponsorship in Xfinity. It just makes a ton of sense because we have just natural alignment. And if you can solve um, technology challenges at the scale and size of a NASCAR track, <laughs> you know you're onto something. Uh, equally so for PGA Tour. Um, we have our, our golf channel business. Um, we support about 11,000 golf horse properties with the largest tee time booking system. We want people out playing because it's the people who play that want to tune in on the weekends too and see how Roy McIlroy and others are doing out in those tournaments. So that, that's another innovation place that makes perfect sense for us. Um, you've got Premier League, which is our latest one coming in. Um, again, those rights, particularly when you look at it from a Premier League standpoint on on things like Peacock, that keeps people tuned in. 
You know, they don't want to miss those games. They're not just coming in, binge watching something. We're giving them enough content that they stay around and they stay engaged. So every single one of those sports partners, and we now have 11 that we brought on board, has been really intentional and intentional in the sense that they play well in the sandbox mm-hmm. together. Right. Uh, I think what what tends to surprise people a lot is whether it's NASCAR or PGA Tour, there are far more similarities in the innovation needs and priorities than there are differences. And so that's what allows us to go from 1,500 applicants and somehow whittle that down to the top 50 where our partners start weighing in and helping us choose the 10. Yeah. And, and before we dive into the, you know, the, some of that process and what you're looking for, give us the uh, rundown on the evolution of this program uh, itself. You know, what have you seen? I mean, how many applications do you have the first year versus now? What have you seen internally to be able to make it better or each cohort? You guys are also like your group can add more value to, to the companies. Um, so it's an exponential gain for both sides. Yeah, great question. Um, and we've seen a lot of change over since we launched. And we launched January 14th of 2020. Mm. And as we all know, <laughs> shortly thereafter, <laughs> life sort of tilted to the left, sports went on pause, everything um, changed. And it frankly could have been a moment for us to pull out. But instead, it was a moment to say, now we're looking at different types of technology that, that could allow us to remotely cover golf tournaments once it was safe to, to go back to production where, you know, previously you'd send a crew of, you know, 30 to 40 people that are on that NBC sports compound at the tournament. Now you can only send four safely. So it really challenged us to look at things like remote production, hmm. things that frankly were on roadmaps because of the cost savings and efficiency and the ability for us to cover more sports, more niche sports, women's sports. But that was truly a forcing function. Uh, it also forced us to push our very first cohort that we planned on doing in 2020 to 2021 um, because we thought, well, of course, we'll all be together <laughs> mm-hmm. um, by 2021. Um, that was a three-month program, and it was all virtual. And we figured out how to do it, and there were certainly a lot of efficiencies. If you want to um, do a deep dive on Comcast business, it's far easier to do that as a Uh, a Zoom call and bring in all the leadership versus asking them to fly to a destination and be there in person. So we've kept some of the efficiencies of um, virtual, but we've really had a chance um, in the last few cohorts to be able to kick off in person in Orlando. And there's something pretty special about, you know, these are companies that we have interviewed, asked all the tough questions. Now is the time for them to really get a deep understanding of our business Um, You know, why is it that Xfinity wants to show up as a brand around big sports moments? Everything from that to, you know, hearing from Jim Denny, our head of product for for Peacock, it it gives them a really deep understanding of what drives our business and why sports is important to our business. At the same time, we also weave in great sport events and experiences so then they can see at scale, Mm -hmm. this is what your technology will have to be able to to um, scale to for the the level of fandom that's expected of us. So we always do it around the Arnold Palmer Invitational. So you get a they get a chance to see how they capture every shot live. It's phenomenal technology because during a tournament at any given point in time, there are 12 to 14 balls in the air and they're capturing every one of those shots. And they're doing that for the storytelling because sometimes the player, you know, who wins it come Sunday is not the one that was 
at the top of the leaderboard going in and may not be that well known. And so it's always about really bringing forward all the storytelling around that. Um, we get a chance to go to NASCAR and their headquarters, get the whole behind the scenes tour of the Daytona track. So it's really, it's all about deep customer discovery, relationship building, and experiencing the scale of what, what they can accomplish. Yeah. And you've had a few cohorts go through now. So what are, uh, I guess, some success stories or what are some of the ones you've seen come out, not only successful of the cohort, but now, uh, and we were talking a little bit before, but companies now going on to raise bigger rounds and really dive deep into the space. I think yeah. shining some light on that before going more into the intricacies or it would be amazing. Perfect. So I think bookseats.com is a great example. Uh, so what they do is they allow you to seamlessly book your airfare and hotel accommodations around a ticket. Uh, when we brought them into the program, we removed that notion of a ticket with tee times. Because we have the largest tee time booking system, we support 11,000 golf course properties. Is a really innovative way for anyone to book their tee time and gather up friends that they want to play together in Phoenix. And no one person has to kind of like do all the planning. Everyone can seamlessly um, book that airfare and hotel accommodation. So they are the official travel engine for the um, golf business. And what's interesting there is they have a very dedicated sales team that can sell very high-end bespoke experiences, usually around a tournament, high price point. Um, it's a very um, hands-on sales process for that. So they knew that there was a more of a casual traveler around the lifestyle of sports or the lifestyle of golf that they were frankly missing out on. So this unlocks a new revenue opportunity for them. Uh, they just recently renewed their deal. Um, they've since gone on. It was interesting in that they proved that the pandemic did not slow them down as a, a travel technology. Um, the pandemic was very difficult, but he continued to grow the business um, through to today. KB Partners invested in them. They just recently announced um, a big deal as well that is with the um, the Vegas Golden Knights. So they will be mm. the travel platform for that. And um, so if you're an NHL fan and you want to go to away games or, you know, you can travel with the team and do it in a very seamless way. So that's a great example of a yeah. company that's gone through, um, has really brought value to our business and continues to grow. And on that, what is the model of Comcast Sports Tech, your program as well? Absolutely. So we do make a $50,000 investment in exchange for common stock equity. Um, we do that because we want to have skin in the game and their success. It keeps us accountable from that standpoint. Uh, it also means that um, we are with you for the entire journey, uh, not just that it started as a three-month program. Um, it's now a six-month program, and that trend moved because we're finding companies that are much more mature, much more advanced and really not necessarily a startup, really more of a scale up ready for that next level, because they have to have a product out there, they have to have some traction so that we can get our arms around it, really test and pilot the technology to see where it makes sense to integrate it into our business. So that six month program allows for us to not just at the end of three months say we're about to do X, we're saying we accomplished X and it dove Y in terms of business value. And it also made space for them to continue to run their business. They have existing customers and clients. So we try to design the curriculum and the program to be just-in-time learnings mm -hmm. that really help them scale um, in the industry. And I think 
the fact that you have not just a single sport, but you have different teams and leagues and business structures behind it, it means that you're not necessarily anchored into one. Like if you happen to work your way into tennis, you're going to start to see that your product line is too much geared to that one singular sport. Whereas this is something that if you can find something that adds value in motorsports, golf, mm-hmm. um, you know, those are the those are the companies that can scale and they can get their start in the vertical of sports and um, prove themselves there and get their technology in front of millions. But it's the ones that can move on like a rivalry tech or a let's chat and equally so bring value into hospitality, into quick serve restaurants, into hospitals and healthcare. Expanding beyond sports is always opens up a lot of new markets. And I was sort of leading me to my next one anyway of and, and you mentioned some are more scale up now. They're not super early companies, which most people associate with an accelerator. So what are what are some of those criteria you're looking for? How are you evaluating these? to go from 1500 to 10. I mean, it's, we're talking like Ivy league, uh, type enrollment numbers here. So I'm sure it's a pretty deep process on your side as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point. Um, yes, 1500 applicants in some respects makes me a little bit nervous because I'm always fear that we lost a gem in there, Mm. but I do think that as a team, we do a very good job of going out and proactively sourcing and finding these startups And we do that based off of the innovation needs and priorities of all the partners. And that can be everything from observable, where are they investing their time and energy in our our current cohort to, you know, what are the next pieces that they need to solve in the business? And so we do these innovation discovery sessions on a continual basis, spark sessions that really kind of glean what needs to happen next. So we're keeping that forward looking aspect to it, but we get it down to um, the top 50. And then that's when our partners step in and they start to review and score the companies. So they have a three-week period where they have access to the top 50 decks, who their clients are, fundraising, product traction, revenue, all of those things to really start to answer is this a problem worth solving? Do they see a strategic way to work with this company? Do they believe in the founders? You know, so it's it gives them an opportunity to really score from that perspective. Uh, we take all those qualitative and quantitative um, feedback, and that gets us to the top 25. And that's where we interview. It's three days of just back-to-back interviews. Mm. There's some method to the madness of cramming into three days because you start to see trends. You start to see which companies maybe look amazing on paper, but then when you get in the room and you ask them a tough questions, um, the tech's just not quite ready. And so we do um, get as surgical as possible to make sure we're asking the right questions about you know, how have they solved for latency and some of these critical elements to make something work in a stadium or in a living room experience. And then... Um, they exit stage left or zoom left, I guess I should say. And um, then we score them again. And then we have a very, very healthy debate. And it's probably one of my favorite aspects of the program. When you see somebody from NASCAR say, you know, I hadn't thought about applying the technology in this way, but we have the same issue over here. And so that cross collaboration among the partners adds this level of due diligence that is pretty unique. And um, we record them. Anybody who misses them, we share the recordings. Um, And this time around, there were much more requests saying, 
I shared it with our engineering team. They've got a few more questions. Can we set up another meeting? So um, the level of interviews that went into this and really making sure that the tech was ready to test and pilot was, I would say, at an all-time high for us. But the three lenses are one, um, is it a problem we're solving that's relevant to as many partners in the consortium as possible? The second is, do we have line of sight of how we're going to test and pilot the technology? And then the third is, do we believe that this is a team to get it done? Because at the end of the day, you're working alongside these entrepreneurs, you're helping them build their business, but they're driving value back. And it's got to be a team that you believe in and you want to invest time with. And we could probably dive into sort of the, I guess, what makes you say yes, which we sorted a little, but I think what might be more helpful is actually things that you see, whether it's in the uh, getting from 1500 to 50 or even below, like things that you see that immediately sort of just become cross outs or, and I don't know if there's sort of mistakes in that, but I think, you know, sometimes learning those mistakes or, you know, when you see someone do something you don't like, you actually learn, you know, you shouldn't do it that way. I think it's something similar. Are there any areas in that or certain aspects Uh, you see where it just sort of, whether it's you or other people just going, ah, now this one because of, you know, X, Y, Z. I think the things that um, cause us to pause are maybe they're not ready for this cohort, but if they can get a little bit further along in their product development, get a little bit more traction out there, then it's really ready for prime time. Like sometimes we will see things that, we think they're really onto something, but it's not quite at the point where we see how we're going to test and pilot it in that six month program. Mm -hmm. And we have a few examples of companies that we have nurtured those relationships from early on. Rivalry Tech is a great example. They do um, mobile ordering and delivery all the way to your seat. And Rivalry Tech applied for our first um, cohort. At the time, there were a couple of reasons that we were a little bit concerned. And one was Um, People were just starting to feel comfortable going back into um, stadiums where we're going to have enough of that to be able to really test and pilot. And there were still so many uncertainties (laughs) around the pandemic. And um, but we kept nurturing that relationship. And frankly, when they came in um, in this last cohort, they were truly ready for all that our program could provide. They're already doing um, mobile ordering and delivery for the New York Mets, Boston Red Sox. Uh, but their technology is not just the front end, making it easy to order something. It's all the way through to the kitchen management to make sure that you can't order something that can't arrive to you warm and and fresh. And they have since gone on to really bring that same value into the healthcare space. Um, same use case, doctors and nurses have a short break. The last thing they want to be doing is standing in line. <laughs> and, um, and healthcare quick serve restaurants, um, the hospitality space where they're getting a ton of traction now are all areas that are really critical verticals for us from a Comcast business perspective. And I'm very excited coming up for the Players Championship. They will have uh, mobile ordering and delivery around the 17th hole and a couple other hospitality places at the tournament. And that happens to be the tournament that Comcast business has a title sponsorship in. So again, it's we're creating a elevated experience for the clients that we are are bringing to those um, tournaments as well. We focused a lot before. Now, during the cohort, what are some challenges you see some of these companies face? And, you know, obviously you're assisting in that, but are there, are there common ones you see come up where it's, you're like, oh, I know when we run into this, it's going to be a roadblock and you just see it time and time again. So um, 
Actually, that question triggers for me a really great insight for us that we learned, especially with the move to a six-month program, oftentimes after we have you know the kickoff, we're, to get, we're together, relationship building, you could walk away from that going, oh my goodness, I have so many things to follow up on, so many new business opportunities. And we are really, truly intentional about, hey, we set you up with a commercial advisor or co-commercial advisor. Because that's the team that has raised their hand and says, we want to do the first pilot out of the gate with this company. It allows you to really focus and then they can build in, okay, what are the business outcomes that will show success here? Um, what's the duration? All the specifics of how we're piloting the, tech, the technology that delivers the most value back to our business, but really is, is allowing them to showcase their technology in the most advantageous way. So that by the time we get to the middle of the program, where we go from that one-to-one to one-to-many one one in the partners and the consortium, we keep saying there's, there's a real strategy behind this. So that when you walk in at that mid-program piece and you stand up and you give the live demo and reminder, this is what we do, and you have your sports partner that stands up and says, we've just tested these things. This is how we're we're measuring success. If we hit these markers and here's what we're doing next. And that unlocks a ton more pilots and proof of concepts across the entire consortium. And then by then we've kind of earned that sort of like, let's go through all the opportunities and really prioritize what's going to deliver the most value back to them can be done in a timely fashion is really the most critical um, next step so that they're really managing that pipeline of opportunity. And then at the end of the program, um, the six months, our spotlight is really one to the world. So um, at that point, we've really given them the tools to know how to do business development, how to structure an agreement that is really clear and articulate of how they will test something and, and earn a commercial deal. And our goal is that they always walk out of that with having earned you know, four to six more business development opportunities because... Yes, you can build a business um, with all of the partners in our consortium, but what they really want to build is a revenue sustainable business mm -hmm. <laughs> that can span far beyond that and, and hit a lot of other teams, leagues, types of sports. And that's just if you're focused solely on the sports industry. But again, as I mentioned, it's the companies that can scale beyond that into other verticals that really have the staying power. I'll ask you about Actually, we'll just ask you now, like the success, how do you sort of internally, and I know these companies take time to build, so it might be a five, seven, 10 year span to really know, but have you sort of created an outline of what success looks like internally and what sort of factors you go, okay, like we did a good job with this company? Yes. So our North Star is really giving them that opportunity to earn a commercial deal. So we measure every aspect of that. We have a live deal tracker. So it's everything from um, number of POCs that were done internally, you know, a part of our business, whether that's Comcast, NBCU, or Sky, as well as our external sports partners. What went from a proof of concept to a pilot that is um, forward-facing fans, customers are experiencing it. That's sort of like the next tranche of it. You prove it out there. You prove that there's worth there and the partner's willing to pay for it, guess what? That's real sustainable product market fit. It's revenue coming in and it de-risks our initial investment. So for us, that North Star is um, what is so um, vital to the business that we're willing to license it, integrate it, acquire it into the business. 
And um, those are our measures of we found a company that's providing real strategic value. I guess now we're at the point you can tell us a little bit about the upcoming class and some of the companies and and some stats around it too. I know a large international base, which uh, I'm curious to dive a little bit deeper into as well. It it is. And I think there are a couple factors there. Um, Premier League coming in as our latest partner in the consortium, certainly uh, global brand reach, unbelievable fandom. Um, So I think the opportunity to work with a decision maker from Premier League is high on pretty much anyone's wish list, but internationally, probably even more so. Um, I also think that it it um, is a reflection of some of the successes of our previous cohort companies that came out of you know, other markets, um, UK, like Tickets for Good, um, really strong traction, um, great fundraising. They provide um, distressed or discounted tickets to a curated audience. So if you want to um, provide access to first line workers or nursing healthcare sector, um, you have an opportunity to you know, expose people to new experiences. You're getting those tickets out there in the right hands for people to enjoy it. And um, huge traction within the UK. Um, and we're really looking at the program as how do we get and establish our beachhead in the US and open our US office. They chose Atlanta. Um, they recently finished um, a, um, a a whole initiative with the Atlanta Falcons, where again, it was just, you know, tickets that were going to audiences that wouldn't necessarily have been able to afford it on their own. And that's creating new fans. They're coming in, they're, you know, getting merchandise, they're getting food and beverage and all of those things. So I think some of those successes of really seeing how they've taken off, um, they've done um, several commercial deals with our Fandango business um, for movie tickets, as well as tea times for for golf as well. Um, not all of those tea times are taken. Um, so if you can gear that towards, you know, healthcare workers on a day off, you know, again, it's um, it's bringing more and more people onto the courses playing. And uh, so it's successes like that that I think really point to that. Aircast, another one um, based out of Australia, um, they did this, you know, multi-camera angles while you're in the stadium itself. So you could see, you could listen to the broadcast in English and Spanish, and you could be there for the live action. But if you missed that moment, you could still see a replay channel. So it's those types of innovations that I think, um, and we lean heavily on on our portfolio companies to, hey, talk to them. Um, tell them what you specifically got out of the program. Um, I think these these founders need to hear it firsthand of what was a unique aha moment for them in the program. Mm-hmm. Because you're right, they are um, they're bringing us on as as um, you know a consortium of advisors, if you will, and and they're letting us invest in their company. And so um, it's an important decision for them. And I think our portfolio companies do the best job kind of pulling those companies across the finish line to say, you're going to get value and here's why. And as you're looking through the program today and and some of this latest class and and into the future, are there certain areas that's being resonated down of like, hey, we there might be, say, if you have to pick between two companies, there might be one that's super interesting, but the other one just has way more potential because it's an emerging area. Yeah, no, it's a it's a fair point because 
if you look at, we have eight strategic investment categories that fall under a sports tech, and it's everything from media and entertainment to venue and event innovation. And so again, it's really tailored to what is most relevant and pertinent to the business now. One of the trends that you'll see in this cohort is we're looking to make um, the experience much more interactive, much more engaging and personalized, whether that's in the living room or in a stadium. So Aquimo is a great example of that. They already have 60 games that are mobile skill sports games. So you can you know, swing your, your phone and see, could you get to um, as close to the pin as, as the pros. And that, that's a level of interactivity that can be brought into a living room experience when you have younger um, family members there versus others that want to just lean back and watch the full experience of the game from start to finish. Um, but same thing in a stadium. People go to the, the games in person for different reasons. Sometimes it's you know tradition, family moment, first experience, or you know, taking care of clients and personnel. So a lot of the technology, we really wanted to look at things that would bring those both of those worlds to life in a very personalized way. And um, so like display, again, that's something in that living room experience. How do you bring in live, live sort of social engagement moments that show sort of all the fandom around a sports moment that's happening? Um, that user-generated content, that's younger generations want to be you know, immersive in the content creation of the things that they love. So I think that's a really important one. One of the things that's interesting that we have struggled with, I would say, in the past is when it comes to athlete player performance, we see amazing technology, but it doesn't always make the top 10. And the reason Mm -hmm. is it's harder to find technology where you can truly do A-B testing, where you have access to the same athletes for a duration of time, um, that, uh, you, you know, some of the really top athletes don't want to be guinea pigs, don't want to be, mm-hmm. you know, the ones experimenting per se. But I think we found two companies, Chimera, um, the way that they have woven that infrared technology into the garments themselves for performance enhancement, recovery, sleep and wellness. I mean, that's really critical for, you know, we own the um, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, we're making huge investments into those hockey players. One injury that could sideline them. Um, that's that can change the dynamic of an entire season. Um, but at the same time, we also have employees like service technicians that go into homes and install internet connectivity and and all of those services on the Comcast business side as well. It's a very physical job. Like there are things that we can learn about that. Plantiga, same thing. What is the load balance on a given athlete? Are they favoring one side that could be, you know, an early indication of a potential injury? So um, I'm very excited that we've sort of solved that piece. Obviously, you can't not have some, um, and several of the companies are very much leveraging AI. Uh, Mantis AI is a great example of that. So many sports moments, but how do you really get through all of that raw footage, find the most compelling moments, and quickly package those up into different types of highlights for different platforms and different types of fans? Um, We do see more and more younger generations, they don't necessarily watch the game from start to finish. They're really into the highlights um, and kind of, you know, just give me the best of moments. But then I think at the end of the day, it's very, very anchored in for all of those experiences to come to life in a personalized way that's very relevant and adds to 
the dynamicism of what they're seeing out there um, on the field or the pitch or the, the court, you got to understand um, our fans. And so both Stellar Algo and Zoomf are important ways for us to see, you know, from a Zoomf standpoint, are we really um, having our Xfinity brand or a Comcast brand show up in the right places associated with sports? Um, Stellar Algo, are we really watching the day? the behavior and and understanding what is leading them to the next call to action that's intentful and purposeful and feels like it's really bespoke to them. So those are kind of the highlights of of what's brought us together here. And and I think Zatap is a really interesting one too of, you know, merchandise has always been a pinnacle of the in-person, you know, experience. But this creates this mechanism to have a relationship. Uh, where you just tap your phone and then you have these digital experiences that can be built off of that. And it's not just a one-time thing. So um, the level of creativity that can be added to that, I think is really phenomenal. Yeah, a lot of great companies. Um, I'm sure each year it's probably just as exciting to see the whole new batch. But Jenna, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I guess just for anyone else, where where can people learn more information, where uh, website, socials, any uh, to apply, Absolutely. I guess, for next year or when that opens up. I, I guess anything around that or anything else you want to touch on would be would be great as we close this out. Yep. Uh, just head to ComcastSportsTech.com. Um, applications are open. Um, we're constantly scouting and looking for, you know, the class of 2025. Um, so we encourage uh, you can see a lot more information about all the partners, um, our investment categories, um, social as well. We love to share the human side of what our founders, what these amazing entrepreneurs are are inventing and bringing to the world of sports. Love it. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to we'll have to do it on the next round when when the next cohort comes, and we'll just we'll keep it rolling. I love it. Let's make it happen. <laughs>